in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. Uh, and uh, today uh, we are discussing something uh, called Treasure Hunt Movies. Yep. Uh, counting them down in honor of what's the movie we're doing? It it's now? for Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer, that Italian, that, I'm sorry, the that Lat- Italian, that Latino yes. classic. Dora the Explorer. Exactly. The Italian uh, translated into the American. That's right. That's right. It's like when they did, Spike Lee did Old Boy. It's our version. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Very well uh, done. Hopefully it's as good as the original. <laughs> have, you read the, have you read the Todd McCarthy review on this film? No. It made the, it made the rounds uh, this week because he made some a lot of references to the fact that Dora was more sexual than... Like she looked... Because she's 18. Isabella Monaire, who's playing her, is like okay. 18... And he was saying that, like, she uh, was the, – the outfit was a bit too tight and that it was a little weird to see this guy. So it was a whole thing. And people were like, what the fuck? Like, people were reading this review going, what, what is happening here? Really? Uh, yeah, it was a really uncomfortably – By other people that have seen it already? Yes, and other people that were like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, why would you even have this many references to the sexuality of this character or that she looks – like that, she the clothes is tight or whatever, and it makes it look like she's not Listen. young. I'm just like, what the hell is happening here? It's, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What I haven't seen right it, so I haven't read the review. It's kind of hard to have an opinion on something I knew nothing of. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's so it's a s- <laughs> scandalous review, a bit, a bit scandalous. It's yes. spread like a wildfire through it, the critic community. It, yeah, the uh, quote unquote film Twitter, which I absolutely hate that fucking term. Uh, yeah, the uh, film Twitter. By the film Twitter Illuminati? Yeah, I just don't like that term, film Twitter. People use it now, hashtag film Twitter, to like put all critics and all pundits into one boat. And it's like, oh, film Twitter's going crazy about this. Film Twitter's going to be upset. And I'm like, fuck off, man. Any generalization of points of view drives mm. me nuts. It makes my independent streak like fucking rage go into the red zone. Um, true, but at the same time, what can you do about it? Yeah, nothing you do about There's it. There's nothing true. you can do about it. You're putting your opinion out into the world, and what they do with it is their choice. That's true. It's very true. So it sucks, but, you know, yeah. it's not how you intended it. Yeah, true. Tale as old as time as far as the media is concerned, though, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It manipulate whatever you yeah. say to put it in Whoever is or being quoted whatnot and be like, it's out of context. doesn't matter what politicians, athletes, throughout true. history, just like, that's not what I said, Yeah, and you effing know it. <laughs> uh, and I censored that. You, you did. Know? I appreciate that. I'm going to keep things effing PG <laughs> from now on. Hashtag top 10 Twitter. <laughs> what? Yep. How I- dare you put me in a box? <laughs> a box you too. son of a bitch. Now I'm breaking the cursing rule. <laughs> All right. Here's what, he, here's what Todd said. What keeps things alive up to a point is the imperturbable attitude of the titular heroine who is invested with Try and Stop Me Spirit by Monet, who's actually 18 and looks it despite preventative measures. 
The same goes for Wahlberg, who's 19, who is uh, Wahlberg's nephew, I think, Donnie Wal- or Mark Wahlberg's nephew, or son. There's a palpable gap you can't help but notice between the essentially innocent, borderline, pupescent nature of the leading characters and the film itself, and the more confident and mature vibes emanating from the leading actors. The director seems to be trying to keep the hormones at bay, but there are some things you just can't disguise. Perhaps human nature, first and foremost. Dora seems committed to a to projecting a pre-sexualized version of youth while throbbing unacknowledged beneath the surface is something a bit more real. Its presence rigorously ignored. To be believed, this story should have been set in 1955. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot to take him in about a movie that I am not going to watch. Yeah, well, the thing is, using the word throbbing, I don't, you know, I, you get what you're trying to do here. Words are weapons. Mm-hmm. So, fascinating way to uh, uh, explore that. Well, it doesn't make me want to see the movie anymore. No, true, true. So, <laughs> there we go. Well, perhaps that was his ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah, to get people not to go. Yeah. By describing it that way. Uh, and the man's 69, too, so it's a little uncomfortable on a number of levels. Um, anyway, we're turning that into a positive by doing the top 10 uh, treasure hunt movies. Um, we kicked around. What was the other one we kicked around? Jungle Adventure. Yeah, well, we saved that for oh, another yeah, day. Oh, yeah, right, right. We're not saying what they were. We're just saying we... We're, we're, well, you did just say what the. Well, I mean, was. what our choices were. True. We're just saying it's a possible True. topic down the road. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one, uh, this is what we settled on. Yes. It seemed like fun. It's something different, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we haven't, you know, I can't believe we haven't done this topic. It's like, wow, this it hasn't come up really all that yeah. often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a it's an interesting one because right before we started for the first time in a long time I had to rework my list in front of you I don't normally yeah for the past it's been a while since I've had to do that because I come in and just like I've already done you know that aspect of it and today it was just I it's how on some level you want to kind of extend the definition so to speak okay because there's two I put on my list I think were just like yes but it's this is also part of the scope of what it is well I think treasure is subjective. And so treasure can be anything. Yeah. Right? Uh, I tried to make it the point of the movies, um, but didn't always succeed with the choices. So that's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'll say. All right. Like there's a treasure hunt aspect to the movie. doesn't necessarily mean it's the main reason for the movie, but most of the times it is in in the choices I made in my tent. So that's what I'll say. That's a very roundabout way of saying that. Yeah. There's one um, I had to cut. It's unfortunate, but oh. just like, eh, yeah. you know, that's what I was doing. It's like, all right, if I'm going to allow this one, then I have to allow this other one. Right. Because I was disqualifying it, you know, for varying reasons. Mm-hmm. Just like, well, what is, what is treasure? What? It's <laughs> a very good philosophical question. It is. What kind is of treasure? Well, what, what, what are we actually treasuring within the context of this movie? Yeah. Is it just the straight lust for the object itself or is it what the object can accomplish? Sure. Who's helping you get that object, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of choices. There are. Oh, see, I, I mean, if we were going like top 15, I could give you a straight face top 15. I stopped at tw- like I, I uh, 12 because I had to if, if I'm only choosing one of a series, then that which is what which was my rule for my list. OK, then. Yeah. Um, to me, 12, 13 is about as far as I can get. If I'm including more from then, yes, 15 to 20 is is definitely in play. That's what I would say. Yeah. And there's going to be something in the end that I think benefits you. Oh, 
and uh, you're going to relish every second of it. And I know it, but I am fine with that. I constructed my list honestly. Okay, fair knowing enough. Knowing that I would lose a certain discussion later on. Wow. Yes. You might be surprised. We'll see. Will we'll see be. how this goes. I will not be. Okay. Honestly. All right. I can guarantee. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to touch on anything? You want to talk about anything? You're good to go. Um, oh, well, for those listening, oh, so on right. Thursday, or no, uh, Thursday or Friday this week, later on the week on Patreon, uh, we'll be putting up, we've got video of last week's show. Yeah. And it's for Patreon members. If you're at $20 and above, you can go there and check it out. Yeah. And uh, we hope you enjoy that. We're, uh, John presented us with this potential opportunity. Just happened to come, fall into our laps and thought we could use it. Yeah, and then you said maybe maybe we could do this more often for yeah. our patrons, so it's a way to give back. So thank you for thinking of, of course, you know, having seeing this found gold for what it was, <laughs> this treasure. Yes, some people <laughs> would just potentially cast it aside and be like, "That's a one-off," and be like, "It doesn't have to be." Right. That's a and the Matt makes a good reference. That's that's a thing uh, we're dropping for our twenty dollars above patrons. It's like he said, it's last week's show, which is uh, with Ryan Satin top ten movies featuring a pro wrestler. And trust me, if we're going to be on video, uh, you get to watch our pretty faces and bodies reacting to the, each other's lists. Ryan Satin, who is one of the most, uh, um, how could I say this, uh, a person with a lot of moves uh, and uh, gestures, okay. um, is a perfect choice to be this video that we put up. So we're trying to see if we can do this once a month for our patrons, mm-hmm. $20 and above. So if you're not $20 and above... You get there. If you can get there, you'll get access to this kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and you're part yeah. of the relist at that point. Yes, you also get true. the classic episodes and topic thunders. And you get a shout-out at the end of the month. Like, we're giving back more and more and more. We have more ideas for Patreon. Absolutely. But, yeah, we just got it all done. We're going to put it out for you guys so you can enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, our thanks to you. Figure out different ways to give back to our patrons. We said we were going to come up with new content. Even if we stumble upon it, yeah. it is still new content. And, and we will for y'all. admittedly try and be better about the release schedule next time. Yeah, true. Very but, true. You know, hey, let's let's enjoy. Let's you know, <laughs> the nice toy. Let's That's enjoy true. the toy. Let's not just cast it aside because you know a shinier toy is coming down the pipeline. Agree a thousand percent. Uh, uh yeah. So I think that's right. it. You want to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Matt, how's the show work? Once we set a topic, John and I go our personal ways and create individual top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. So I love it. All right. Ten for me <clears throat> is Treasure Planet. Great choice, man. I had to cut it. It's, I didn't want to cut it. It was a 10-11. Yeah. I cut 11 for it. I yeah. was like, you know what? I know I've seen, I've seen this more than I've seen 11. I don't know how often I'm going back for 11. Maybe. Yeah. But that's fair. 10, it's just like, this will pop up in my life every once again. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's one that dumbfounds us both that it didn't do better. Yeah. Uh, it's super interesting, engaging, the mix of like CGI and I think still some hand-drawn elements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. But it's a nice marriage between the two. Yes. I know all the, when the ship is out in outer space and whatnot, that's all CGI. Right. But I think a lot of the characters may or may not be up close, still hand-drawn. I think they are hand-drawn. I remember um, seeing a behind-the-scenes about it, so yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a great retelling of a story that'll get retold over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And when it succeeds, it's really good in, uh, as it is in this instance. I think mm-hmm. it's the best cinematic version of that story Yeah, agreed. that I've seen at least. There's been others. Yeah. Uh, I would thoroughly agree with you. Uh, the other ones that do the faithful adaptation of, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's book is fine. 
but this is the one that I come back to to enjoy the story again if I want to. Mm-hmm. And it's also one that I think if there's enough of a groundswell, once they're done redoing all these like more famous and more successful uh, animated films, a live version of Treasure Planet or a live action version of Treasure Planet would be a, so much fun. And I know there is this groundswell under, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this underground uh, groundswell of Disney fans who want to see this. And t- Titan AE as well. Uh, and That's got no shot. Atlantis, The Lost Empire. That one's another one people like. Atlantis has a better shot than Titan AE. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> that's a standalone. Atlantis fits in nicely with their princess motif because they built it in. But it, True. it goes well with the world as does. I mean, Treasure Planet, you have to fold in a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't follow the same Disney formula over and over. But it's yeah, it'll still get remade. Yeah. I Maybe so. not by Disney because they don't own the property. Right. Um, but I'm sure it it's public done. domain at this point or something, or maybe he's got an estate. Yeah. I don't know. There was such an interesting fascination within pop culture for a long time, like Swiss Family Robinson mm-hmm. and just this being marooned on an island. Maybe it's after whatever, all the stories of 150 years of massive naval powers. Yeah. And they just, all this fiction came up and it percolated. And then now we have a few of the gems that just stay with us for years on end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, nine is Three Kings. That's my nine. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually where I learned tensilary strength. Ooh. It's Ice Cube's character works as a baggage handler at an airport. Uh-huh. And when they're going to put the gold bars into the bags, he's uh-huh. like, you can't do that because it'll, it, it doesn't have the tensilary strength. And then I think it's Clue. He turns around and is like, what? He's like, he worked as a baggage thrower. He knows bags. It's going to rip right through it type of thing. And I was like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, of course. In the midst of this, you know, basically it's a, they're trying to steal yeah. Saddam's gold. Yep. It's the same as stealing Nazi gold. It's the same as stealing any gold from a tyrant, right. so to speak. So this, this one's going to happen again at some point. It'll probably just be a government doing it yeah. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to as individuals. Be, I guess. Uh, yeah. Not should it in that should. it should happen. More like... That's the way usually it'll go. Yeah, I don't. There is no moralistic right. True, I think in that moment because I agree. think of all the death that got to that. Yeah, to that specific moment. Who, who's right? Really? Yeah, really. It's kind of a on both sides. Exactly. Um, but Three Kings. So you know, it ends up being a, a moralistic tale mm-hmm. of what is your actual motivation? What do you? What should you treasure? Yeah, type of thing. Yeah. And is it just this hunk of metal or saving these people and doing what you're supposed to be doing and safeguarding them? Right. So what you signed up for and that's what you're here for, technically. It's a surprisingly dark film that people don't bring up enough when they talk about yeah. the best war films because it, it, it shines a light, a harsh light on what we were doing there and um, some of what we would come to know later in Guantanamo and mm-hmm. all that. Kind of, like you, The fact that soldiers get put into these positions and get very disillusioned about what they're doing and then how they um, act on that disillusionment. Certainly Clooney's one of those guys who's just waiting to get the hell out and and he yeah. hates what's going on. And then there's that torture scene that's really brutal. And it is with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And you're just like, getting shot. Shit. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, it is brutal. And the pouring, I think the pouring the oil or whatever, like it's Down just Down his throat. Nuts. Yeah, all that stuff. You're just like, wow. Uh, and this is Spike Jones. um, uh, Doing and, some good acting. Hell yeah. Um, and Nora Dunn, 
uh, as yeah, well as, as the, the reporter. reporter. Right. She's great in that. Well, I mean, I think what most people know for it now is O. Russell just going bananas and Clooney decking him on set. Yeah, right. Going at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they know that. I don't know how many people actually go back and rewatch this one. Right. And that's David O. Russell. O with a period, not with an apostrophe. I just want to make sure that's clear. For chance, in case that idiot's listening. Um, all right. Well, oh, what are you taking him on or something? No, no. Uh, when Dan and I took him and Kalinowski on, we went to sudden death, and the question was, who directed Three Kings? And Dan didn't have it, but he was the first to answer. Yeah. And said David O. Russell. Chance wrote David O. Russell like he was fucking Irish with an apostrophe. That's the, that's utterly different. There we go. That is utterly different. Matt, and Matt, you're, you have you, misspelled his name. Thank that is you. not his fucking name. Thank you. And Kalinowski got it right, and I got it right, but I challenged them taking the point away from Dan, or not giving the point to Dan and giving the point to Chance, because I said, it's, David O. Russell's a different fucking heritage. And the way he wrote, if he had just put David O. Russell, not even with apostrophe, then I could give it to you. Yeah. But David O. with an apostrophe, Russell, that's fucking Irish. That is Irish. Yeah. You have changed his nationality, right. everything about him, by not understanding. Yeah. Uh, if you could do it. I, get, I, I bet you, if, well, it's not as dramatic as that. It's like you could misspell Spielberg and then might, might shift them to a different region, but it's not the same thing. No. It's so clearly as an O is signified by, this comes from a very specific section of the world yeah. in Western understanding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is. So you utterly changed the complexity of who that individual was. You're wrong. Yeah. I thought they were wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, and, I, and I argued that Dan should get the point. Because he was the first to answer. He's not going to cheat off everybody else if he's the first to answer. So it just, he didn't get it written down on the whiteboard quick enough. So they said on a technicality, because he didn't write it down on the whiteboard, he doesn't get the point. But this motherfucker could go and put a Russell with apostrophe. And because he wrote it on the whiteboard with an apostrophe, then he's okay. It's okay because it's close enough Ooh. is what they said. Ellis, of all people, of course. Ellis always judges against me on these fucking things. And then Levine backed him up. So I, that I mean, was that. I understand the you un, you know that his name is David O. Russell. Like right. You've read it, but it's so distinctly a period after it that it takes it to waspy upper crust. Yeah, a, a certain level of douchiness that you're David O. Russell. <laughs> We've all agreed to it. That's we fair. call you that in public. Yeah, and that's fine. You've earned that right. Yeah, but it's not O. Russell. That oh, so where is he from? And you know, right, right, right. What does he sound like? I assume he's a. Fucking caricature of a whole highly holy, right? You know, I make movies, <laughs> and you're like, do you now, David? And if I had been quick enough and smart enough, sitting and super pissed, I'd have looked it up on IMDb. There is a David O. Russell with the apostrophe, so you can't say you can't misspell a person's name if there's another person in IMDb that has the same spelling of their name. So I, if I had reacted quickly enough, I would have looked it up and then used it as an I argument. Just, so, but it was ridiculous. Uh, anyway, so let's move on. What's your number eight? My number eight is Black Sea. Oh, yeah. Good choice, man. Couldn't put it on. Okay. Good choice, though, dude. Uh, it's, it's right there in my honorable mentions. It's, I've already rewatched it a couple times. Yeah. It's there after Nazi gold. Yeah. And it's out in international waters. And mm -hmm. uh, supposedly, you know, this one company found it, but they can't go after it. So they're going to subsidize you guys to get it. And you get a portion of the cash yeah. thereafter. And then we take the lion's share because we're putting up all the money. Yeah. So you want to go get some Nazi gold? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. 
we're going to be on a submarine. Okay. Yeah. I'll be, I'm in. Yeah. You know, it's all these weird veterans from Eastern European countries having to live together. And you can tell that there's some acrimony, especially from Ben Mendelsohn, mm-hmm. just playing a dick once again. Yeah, yeah. He's it's so one of the few times it. where he's so good, you hate him. Just like, shut up, dude. Yeah. Shut up. You're the only one agitating anyone in this world. Yep. And oh, it's so frustrating to watch, but it should be. Yeah. You know? On some level, that that gold is cursed, and I don't believe in curses, but it's, yeah, ill-gotten gains type of thing. It, and it's great submarine work, the camera work, the tension, mm-hmm. the frustration, the anger, the uh, issues with language uh, that are happening down there. People speaking different languages, that kind of stuff that adds to the element of frustration. All of it is is fin- and then what happens at the end? You're just like, oh my god! Yeah. And so it's like, this was a very very well done. Yeah, I didn't, not not getting to the end. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Yep. See it? Yeah. It's uh, it's basically like when it, once it ends, you're like, well, of course it went that way. Yeah. But there were so many different possibilities. Yeah. Damn it! I, should, I probably should have put it on my list, man. But uh, it's yeah. just, that one's just a pure treasure hunt. Yeah. They're just straight going after treasure. That's you're why right. I made my list. It was like that's an easy. Steak and potatoes answer for me. That's a fair point. All right. My number 10 then is uh, The Mummy. Okay. Yeah. On my side list. Yeah. Enjoyable film. uh, I see it more than Black Sea, which is why it made it to my number 10. Okay. And above Treasure Planet, because I don't see it at Treasure Planet as much as I see The Mummy. Mummy's a fun, fun time. Uh, and you know you get great stuff from John Hanna and Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz and everything goes on. They're going for the treasure and Arnold Vosloo who plays Imhotep, I think, and everything that goes on with that. It's such a fun film. Stephen Summers directing it, and I whenever it's on, I'll stop and watch like half an hour or whatever because it's that old school fifties adventure vibe to yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? And whereas Raiders is more of an elevated approach to that. The Mummy is very much in the vibe of the 50s adventure stuff and cheesiness it is. of it all. It's yeah. when, you know, when she, when Rachel Weisz's character, like, basically practically turns to camera and breaks the fourth wall, but not quite, not quite and is like, take that, was it Pembroke Scholars? Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but it fits the overall context of the movie. Yeah, right. It's kind of like a harder edge throwback. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Just with yeah. the way that Imhotep, when he comes back, is taking the life and essence from these individuals mm-hmm. to build himself back up. It's yeah. pretty gory. Yeah, agreed. But it's interesting the scarabs taking over the greedy guy mm-hmm. as people get picked off. And the best part is that hairpiece on Fraser looks real. <laughs> <laughs> it looks real as shit. That looks like his hair. It's a great piece. Uh, no comment. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hasn't he been open about that? I'm, I, I, I think he's been open later in the later years. I think it happened in the later years. I think he's still... Don't you think he's still mm-hmm. someone in his prime in 99, maybe? I think he was using a piece probably in 99. His hair was thinning out. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe I mean, Nick right. Cage was using a piece longer. Once I looked back at it, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, he started early. There's nothing wrong with it. Look, yeah. you know, you make money with... How you present yourself, and that drastically alters how the public perceives you. Yeah, it's true. If you start having a horseshoe, you know, and you're just bald on top. Yeah. You know, go ahead. It was weird seeing Dan without his cap on the other day. We were at a screening, he took his hat off. Dan's completely bald up top. He looks like a completely different person, Dan Merle, with the hat. He always has a hat on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, versus the hat. I'd never seen him without the hat. So I was like, oh, shit, this is a new, okay. I hadn't seen that before. Um, is this his thing now? Is he going hatless? No, no, no. He just happened to take it off while we were, while we were all there for the uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I think, movie. <laughs> oh, or one of them. Which movie? We were at some screening. I, I, How was else. it? Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. A fucking blast. Okay. It's what it's supposed to be, right? You okay. turn your brain off, 
You see a bunch of st- uh, action stuff. It's the charm of The Rock and Jason Statham. Of course. Itself. It's the only thing to draw you Exactly. In. And Vanessa Kirby is great as well. She's um, fantastic in the movie. But yeah. it just its <laughs> so over the top in the trailers. It is. It is. That I know they held back a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot that you don't see in the trailers. The movie is basically nonstop action. There's maybe five minutes of downtime. Tops. Five minutes. Everything else is just okay. like from thing to thing to thing. Maybe but I'll see it. There's a couple of cameos though that pop up that you, you didn't you don't you didn't know are in the movie. How much does it tie back to that world? Zero. Good. It's only mildly referenced, I think, once. And that's Rock it. Rock doesn't turn to Steve at some point and be like, it's all about family. No. <laughs> well, not the way Dom does it. Okay. Because you see in the trailer, he goes does back Jason to Samoa. Does Jason Statham live a quarter mile at a time? Because no, that's what Jason, I need to know. Jason does not. No. Uh, no, no, no. They're both in their element in this movie. That's for sure. And they have great chemistry. Good. Happy for them. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's, a big, hope it's a big hit. I imagine it will be. Uh, as I said, number nine was Three Kings for me as well. Number eight is It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah, not on my list. Yeah, I didn't think it would make it. I know it's not one of your favorites. Not one of my favorites. I thoroughly love this movie from top to bottom. Incredibly funny. Something I watched all the time growing up with my dad or my mom. Uh, all those great old school comics are in there. Uh, the great cameos are so funny. Um, all of it just works for me. And Spencer Tracy being that hangdog guy, put upon guy who's got a you know who's got a you know a nagging wife, a, a, a nagging daughter, and he just it wants to find a way to escape all of it. And this is a, an incredibly long comedy, Matt. This is yeah, it's like two very, and a half hours. Yeah, isn't two it? and a half hours. Very rare in comedies to have something this long. Right? We have so many different characters. You really do. And they do take their time with all of them as they're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, basically race from one place to another. Yeah, to find this uh, gold under the W. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really should work. I just know. I don't understand why it doesn't work for you, man. I don't fucking like it at yeah. all. Yeah. From the first viewing, I was just like, no. Everything, <laughs> it just drove me. I didn't see it either until I was an adult. Oh, okay. Like, well, you know, maybe in the past 10 years or something. Okay. That's fair. And I was just like, no. Yeah. I don't like anything about it. it. It's the, I think it's Ethel Merman. Yeah, Ethel Merman. Very funny. She's wearing these bracelets and she's always waving her arms yeah. around. So she's just clanking and making so much god-awful noise in every yeah. scene she's in. Well, she's supposed to be irritating. She is supposed to be irritating. Yeah. It just it was too much. and Yeah. That's the one that stuck with me. And I was like, I'm out. Well, if you haven't seen it, Jimmy Durante is, uh, is at the beginning of the movie and it's his money that they're going to go get. Um uh, Sid Caesar's in this thing as part of uh, Mickey Rooney, Buddy yeah, Hackett. It's a who's who. Yeah, it really is. So many people are involved in this. As he said, Ethel Merman, uh, uh, Rochester, Peter Falk, all these people that are great uh, comedians. And then you get the little cameos from the Three Stooges and a bunch of other people. Milton Berle. Uh, of course. Phil, Phil Silvers, Don Knotts has a cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some Dick Sean's in this. And there's so many great, great actors in this thing. That's very funny. Connie Stevens, what have you. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I'd say go see it. And it's it's incredibly funny. Or It's on Criterion as well, so you can buy it that way if you want. All right. Yeah, you're, you're not alone. You, yeah, I, you're the majority opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I'm in the minority. I would assume a lot. Like I'm in the 20th percentile, 15th percentile. Like it's a, probably a fairly well-beloved... Yeah. yeah mid yeah, yeah. to upper 80s type on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe a little higher type of thing. Probably, yeah. Uh, um, what's your number seven? Oh, shit. Does that mean an angel got its wings? Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? I heard a bell ring. <laughs> I did hear a bell. That's the first time I've ever heard a bell here like that. I'm starting to salivate. What Old the school fuck? chimes. <laughs> Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, jing, jing. It wasn't that quite that much. No, no. 
Uh, Christmas in July or August by the time you hear this episode. Uh, all right, yeah. So that was your eight? That was my eight. What's your number seven? Seven is uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ooh, uh, that is a punt. Okay. Yep. Uh, six, six is where, so this is where I had the full-on discussion with myself. Okay. As to whether or not I'm counting it. Okay. But I ultimately chose it, okay. which is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. That is my number six. Okay. So let's have that conversation. I, technically, the treasure they're lusting after is one gold coin. Yes, it is. But it's a gold coin that means so much. It does. And yeah, and ultimately the treasure is they just want to be mortal, mortal again, as opposed to immortal. Right. And kind of Jack Sparrow's along for the ride. Yeah, having a blast. Having a blast. And uh, Will Turner, and I can't remember her name. Swan. Was it Swan? Swan. Swimmy, swammy, swammy. <laughs> Where's Samsonite? Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> um, shit. And then there was Elizabeth like Swan. Isn't Elizabeth Swan? Uh, is it Swan was the last name? I, I thought it was. Hold on. Because then her dad was like the Commodore, or was that the boyfriend? No, no, the dad was Commodore. Commodore, and then the boyfriend was like, the eh, whatever. One of those guys. Soon to be Admiral. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember. Uh, it is Elizabeth Swan. Yeah. Wow. Ah. Good for you. Nice Ooh. pull. Damn. Uh, Will Turner, Jeffrey Rush, Bar- as Barbosa in Barbosa. this thing. Barbosa. Right? Uh, Dar. <laughs> Jack, you'll be giving me the it's- coin. I just love that him and Depp both went to as high as they could go. And oh, yeah. It, it works so beautifully. It's impressive. Just utterly impressive. I think more. So, I think everybody gives Depp so much credit for what he did with uh, Jack Sparrow, but um, Jeffrey Rush deserves a lot of credit. There's a man in his 50s doing this part, and it, it is It's incredible. fantastic. Right? Literally, he goes, yar. <laughs> <laughs> it's only and it's great. It's the best of all time. The thing that is the cartoon caricature yeah. of the character. He makes it work. Yar. <laughs> be like, dude, nobody kills it like Jeffrey Rush. No, it's give me somebody else. And then, uh, 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 oh, shoot. Thing with the monkey is great. Yeah, the thing with the monkey is great. Yeah. Uh, I just love that when he comes back to his mortality and he's been shot. Yeah. The look of kind of sweet sorrow, the bittersweetness of this moment. This is all I've ever wanted. I can feel again. I yeah. have. My life is... You know, given to me and taken away instantly. Right, right. It's good acting in a throwaway movie because everything else Disney had done based on a ride. Yeah. What, Haunted Mansion, dog shit. Oh, yeah, it was terrible, Haunted Mansion. Uh, They came out with Tomorrowland after. Yeah, that wasn't... That was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't that good. It was just boring. Yeah, yeah. For something that has all these huge sci-fi possibilities and to put some of them in, but it was just dull. And that's Brad Bird. Brad Bird with George Clooney. Yeah. And Cranston? Is Cranston the the heavy? I don't know. I don't remember. I only saw it once. Who's the heavy? Is it Paul Oof. Bettany? No, I want to say it's Cranston. Maybe it is Cranston. I've only seen it once. I know I've Brit- only seen it once, too. Britt Robertson is the girl. Okay. I know that much. Tim McGraw, Catherine. Oh, no, it's... Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't tell me. Uh, uh, Hugh Laurie is the heavy. Yes, he is. There Nicks. you go. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that might come up in the schmodown. That's good to know. Yeah, that one might actually. When you say that, sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That seems pretty obscure. Yeah. That one, that one come up. Oh, you know what I'm watching? Speaking of Hugh Laurie, we, we're watching The Night Manager right now. You know what? I liked it until the very end. Oh shit! Don't ruin it. Okay, I'm not going to ruin it. We are having. I'm alone. Okay, we're having a fucking blast. It's so good. Yeah, we're, we just finished the third episode. And we're like, this is excellent. Um, and I'm trying to finish everything tonight, so I can rush home and try to at least watch two episodes before we have to go to bed, and then watch the last episode tomorrow. But like, it's we just stumbled upon it. She asked me. She goes, "I put it on my list. I found it the other day. 
I was going to watch it without you. Do you want to watch it? And we just started. I was like, yeah, let's give it an episode and see if I'm in. And fuck, man, I was hooked. Yeah. Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. And so, uh, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, who's the blonde. Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's the best <laughs> I could do. That's an unfortunate I would suck in the schmodown because it's... Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about the guy who's his right-hand man? Yeah, they yeah suspects... that's, um, that's uh, Tom Hollander, I think his name is. Is it? I thought it was one of the... <clears throat> I conflate those individuals because it's the same guy that was in like K-19 The Widowmaker and he was in Green Lantern yeah. as the ma- like Oh, that, the that's Sarsgaard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the guy who was his second in command is Tom Hollander. That's his name. He, What's the Hollander? The Corcoran guy. He was in, remember About Time? Did you ever see About Time? Yeah. The, he's the He's the writer guy who's always bitter and frustrated about everything. <sighs> Vaguely. Does he look okay. like the guy that I'm thinking of? He I, does I, look I, like him, yes. All right. Like the guy you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he does look like Sars. He was on Taboo, that uh, Tom yes. Hardy show. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, he was in Taboo. He Fuck was in yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. He was. Is the head of the East India Trading Company. Yep, yep, good call. Let's see. What Rogue else? Nation as well. He's a prime minister in Rogue Nation. Oh, okay. Well, that's, enjoyed. I'm sure then like he was in, in the loop. Probably. That British political comedy he was damn good stuff uh, simon foster yeah i know the guy yeah you do i just mixed him over with yeah which is easy to do they kind of look similar yeah a little bit yeah kind of british and american version of themselves yeah but once once you're like no, no they're t- t- totally different actors yeah, yeah yeah but in my head they're just a little sorry fellas you're both excellent by the way. <laughs> you're both excellent. i just rattled off i went deep cuts on your tracks you did i know your work you did you're an excellent actor i just unfortunately my brain is okay. i'm getting old He's a, he, he popped up in this, uh, I watched Baptiste, which uh, I think I mentioned, it's the third season of that show that was The Missing on oh, Stars. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like one of the main guys in that okay. third season. He's not even here in the States yet. I kind of, you know, you know, did my thing uh, and enjoyed it. So if, you, if you've watched it and you're British or You got whatever, a screener copy because you're in the critic community. Yes, and- I did. And sometimes you benefit from those things. Very well said. Thank yeah. You, you know, it happens. Totally does. As much as film Twitter sucks, <laughs> it's got its benefits. TV Twitter really helps. <laughs> TV Twitter, you're all part of the sphere. Oh, you think the whole thing? Fair yeah. enough. And well, as these production companies, they're doing TV shows and movies yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I showed up here a couple of weeks ago, and some company just sent a boatload of Star Wars T-shirts. Oh, yeah. That's and right. And you offhandedly, you're like, hey, hey, take one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, and know. I went through and... I think the best designs in my size had already been picked over, yes, and that's fine. But I got a nice shirt out of it, and oh, that's I'm happy good. for it. That's good. Uh, I, I'll wear it. Basically, it's nice and thin, so I'll wear it while I'm doing work around yeah. the house. Yeah. yeah. It'll come in handy. Uh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good, good film. And, uh, it, you know, the sequels uh, were never, weren't as good as it went along, but uh, that yeah, one is still near. fantastic. I still haven't seen. I watched the first 10 minutes of... Oh, Tell No Tales? Dead Men Tell No Tales? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Javier? Yeah. Uh, or Javier? Chocospato. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, <laughs> and I was watching, I think, on a flight. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to move on to something else because this isn't doing it after 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, was it the whole, like, uh, I don't know. escaping out of the... I am just kind of tired of... Mm-hmm. I still believe it could be good again. Yeah. But, I don't know, this just seemed like a retread. I think it, it, the most ironic thing in the world is Depp's career, man. I mean... 
at the beginning, so many people were like, you guys need to see this guy. He's so fucking good. He's just doing independent films. He doesn't want to be part of the studio system. And then he gets this chance to be a part of it at a later age in life when he does Pirates of the Caribbean. And he starts to get this, like, all these other roles. And then all this shit happens uh, later on in his life, the stuff with Amber Heard and wh- whatever side you're on on that. Mm. And it just seems to have affected him. And now people, like, don't want to see him and shit. Like, people were so mad at him in Fantastic Beasts and other things and this is still a damn good actor certainly in Black well, Mass he's fantastic I don't blame him for Fantastic Beasts a lot of people do a lot of people think he was like the cooler of that movie the movie's not good but no so mm. blaming him for it's not his fault the first one wasn't good right right and Colin Farrell was excellent and it yes, felt he weird was. it felt weird then when you took him away and gave us Depp yeah. and somehow this reveal was like Colin Farrell was great I yeah. love Colin Farrell it's nothing against Depp. We both love Depp, too. Exactly, exactly. It just seemed like a weird, like, ha-ha! And you're like, it's not really... You didn't step up on this one. Well, <laughs> had you gone from it's some... kind of equal. Something that's the polar opposite of I mean. Johnny yeah, Depp? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's like, hey, another version of the same color, and you're like, <laughs> okay. You know? A new hue! Exactly. Uh, it's right. fine. This is extra cobalt blue. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> I don't. I was good with the cobalt blue. Yeah, really. I don't, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> you didn't or, have to. You didn't have to. But you didn't right. have to. But all right. But they came out with that with that new black filament or whatever it is, and you can mm. shine a light on it, and you can't see the light anymore more until you move it off to something else because right. it just absorbs so much of the light that has no reflectivity really. Uh-huh. So it just looks like the empty vacuum of space. Right. And you're like, yeah, but it's still black, you know? It's yeah. still, even that, the amazing depths to which you got to that color. It's still the same fucking color. Or absence of all color, if you want to get technical. That's true. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so then my, so we jump back to me, yes? Because that was Pirates of Caribbean number six? Uh, yeah, but, yeah, so we go to my five. Oh, that's right, I'm sorry. Because that was your six. Well, no, your seven. What's your I seven? Done, that's what I was going to say. I, yeah, my seven is Romancing the Stone. You know what? No. What? Loved it as a kid. Really? Went back to rewatch it with Catherine like a year ago. We yeah. both were like, "Don't, it's not fun." Oh man, okay. I loved it. My mom owned both of them. Yeah, it was part Jewel of her VHS. Nile. Yeah, right, Jewel right. and Isle and Romancing the Stone. But right. she preferred Romancing. Right. So I've seen that a lot of times. Yes, yes. And I thought I loved it, and then went back and was just like, "It's just no." Okay. Wow. When okay. was the last time you saw it? Uh, six, seven months ago on AMC. Just one Saturday okay. afternoon, just laying on the couch. Maybe it's something like that where there were no stakes. We were just yeah. like, hey, tonight, why don't we watch this? Yeah, I was just laying on the couch. And I was like, oh, okay. oh shit, I haven't seen this in forever. And I yeah, watched it. had a great time. I, I love their chemistry. Okay. The jokes are fun. Danny DeVito's hilarious. Um, and I just enjoy. And the, the Joan Wilder thing is so fun. I, the, the Joan Wilder and the Sarah Connor thing in the 80s basically was a competition. Like okay. that idea of people would imitate the Joan, Joan Wilder, Joan Wilder, Joan, people would imitate that and then imitate the Sarah Connor thing all the time. And so I, at least that's what I remember growing up. People would joke about it all the time. Uh, so, well, look, <laughs> your worldview is everything you experienced. So right, right. If it right. was all around you, then it was all around you. Kind of was. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, to me, it's still a fun, fun film, and I enjoy their. I enjoy what happens in the action adventure. I think it is Zemeckis who directed *Romancing the Stone*. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, and so it's like the adventure of it all is so much fun, and it didn't lose its magic. I can totally understand going back and you don't see, I you don't feel the same way. Was surprised myself. Yeah, I'm I sure. can understand her not enjoying it as much because she didn't really have any stakes vested in, like, right, or any investment in it. But having watched it, I don't know how many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it was one of her few. She rarely called her shot on a movie. She would mm-hmm. just let us watch what we wanted to watch. Right. So it's just like, looks like we're watching Romancing the Stone. <laughs> okay. We Here on. we go. Here we go. Let's have fun. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, uh, let us know. If you go back and see it, see if it's any good. Tweet at us or let us know. It's always fun to hear what people think. All right. What's your number five? Five is, so this is part of the combo of, same with Pirates for me. Okay. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's my four. Okay. They literally say, do not seek the treasure in the movie. So there is But the treasure. treasure is a lie. It is a lie, but it's still a treasure hunt movie because they're hunting it is. a treasure. And it's him, his ultimate treasure is getting his family back. So yes, that is what exactly. is yeah, the yeah. motivation. Right. If I was going to allow pirates, then Oh Brother just like, this is no. I already had Oh Brother on my list. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, I'm yeah. cheating here on some level. No, no. Oh, well, he lies works. to Turturro and to three part name. Hold on. Timothy Nake, uh, Blake Nelson. Yes, Tim Blake Nelson. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You guys are buddies? No, it's Tim Blake Nelson. Is it? Yes. I have respect you for do. the man. You do. I know that he went in with SAG and tried to be <laughs> Timothy, and there was already a Timothy Blake Nelson There taken. was. So there he was, was. Just like, I'll shorten it down. <laughs> but it's going to break my mother's heart. <laughs> so. I, I respect the uh, shortening of the name when you have three names. I respect that. Sure. Right? As opposed to yeah, I'm not Michael J. Fox adding a J because... Right. Or, or David O. Russell. David O. Russell. <laughs> you mean the uh, Scottish or Irish? Irish Individual Irish? Great director. Danny Boyle's AD for like the oh, longest time. He really was. And then finally got his shot. <laughs> he did. He got his So good. So good. It's not. And I don't care if Levine backed him up. They are wrong. I agree a thousand percent. I, it's a completely different... Yeah, Levine of all people who got away with the Heady Headley situation when in our match... Uh, was going to be the one saying, oh, no, the David O'Russell, it's close enough. But, but what if the guy's name was like uh, Alphonse de Leon, right? Yeah. But instead of the day or whatever, they actually spelled out D-A-Y because they just felt, thought it was middle name was Jan- Daniel Day-Lewis. And yeah. it's day. And you're like, that's not his fucking name. <laughs> I, look, it's I a part of the you. cultural, the societal. Yeah. This is a choice they all made where we add this to. I know in the Middle East, they do it as well. It's like Al... Yeah. You know, Alaminu. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like the Farouk Alaminu. Alasana. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alasan. Yeah. Uh, just shit like that. And you're like, it's part of. Yeah. So if you take it away, it's changing the identity of what it is. Brother, you know, I agree with oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. It was a bullshit decision. So Ellis Levine and who? Who's the other yeah. genius on this triangle? I think Christian was part trust. of it, but no, he, I'm not surprised. But he that. seeded that to Ellis because he. Because he was part of that whole double spin bullshit with uh, with uh, Snyder when we faced him in the top ten. Remember that? Uh, oh, of course I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that bullshit. It was give Snyder whatever he demands today. Yeah. Didn't realize that we signed up for that. Right. I had no idea. I didn't buy tickets to that show. No. No one bought tickets to that show <laughs> except for Snyder and, and Snyder's uh, family. Yeah, and JTEs. And JTE. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so... Where, what were we, we're oh, at, brother. Oh, brother, yeah. It's, My five or four. So much fun. George Clooney, as he said, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson. What a... What a uh, such an unusual Coen Brothers film, and yet... Perfect. It's note perfect. It's, it's right. I, it just further cements the fact that Coens can do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And they they make every 
environment they step into come to life with nuance and the little things, you know, the, the casting, the look of the sets, the little, like the Dapper Dan hair stuff. All of it puts hey, you this in the place vibe. A, a geographical oddity just two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> I'm a Dapper Dan man. I might watch that tonight. I haven't seen that in a couple of years. Uh, even, such a good movie. Even what's his face from that uh, law show who played Babyface Nelson, right? Him just like. Oh, yeah. He's great. Oh, uh, um, Stephen Root. Yes. That's a mighty oh. fine singing and a dancing. A blind guy that runs a record, uh, you know. Printing company, I guess. He's so good. He's just one after another. The best uh, representation I've ever seen of Sirens. Oh, yeah. The Siren song. Absolutely. Yes. If sailors believe that this was a potential in Greek times, Mm -hmm. that's where the fable comes from. Yep. This is the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, It's like, yeah, I could see why that would be inviting. You're just kind of wandering through in this weird, and they're offering comfort and Mm -hmm. a feeling of security and warmth, and it's all false, and it'll just lead you to your death. Yeah, and I grew up in the South, so a lot of what I'm watching on the film, like that you just feel an inherent attraction to, or uh, it just just affects you because you're like, oh, yeah, I I know these places. Mm -hmm. I know places that look like this and people that act like this in those places, and it's Fascinating. You drive through Virginia or any of the smaller, any of the Talking, states. Yeah. Talk to a guy that lives in West Virginia. Exactly. You know, the, go to the smaller towns. There's people just like this who are good, wholesome people just got a weird approach to the world and they ain't nothing wrong with that. It's their approach. Who knows now in the age of the internet what it's like? I'm sure it's a lot of the same, but at the same time, they have access to more information. Fair point, yeah. Because I think that's probably the biggest difference of they're just such smaller, more tight knit communities mm-hmm. that. All right. Well, if you don't hear different worldviews, you're only going to believe yeah, one the thing. cumulative experience that the X number of individuals around you are you know, living the same time. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's a lot of that movies. Holly Hunter's great. Good, good. John Goodman is funny for his yeah. parts. And, um, and the dude chasing him down, that Seinfeld guy that chases him down. Oh, you mean Satan? <laughs> yeah, Satan, exactly. Coming <laughs> after him? There's <laughs> With the black uh, Over and over to John Goodman as the Cyclops? Yep. Uh, he is awesome. He's a Bible salesman, but he's just, he's the Cyclops. He's the Cyclops. Uh, Big John Tuco. Um, yeah, all of it, just so much fun. And, and then when you find out what happens, uh, at the end, that it's all been a lot, you're just like, oh my God, they should kill this guy, you know? Um, all right. So that's your, oh, just over and over and over. <laughs> There's so many good lines from it. Are you in an OFT? Yeah. <laughs> Kid just barreling through. Uh, I like the dude who plays the opponent to Charles Durning. That guy, the character actor. Oh. That guy is great. When they, you know, uh, basically expose him for being part of the KKK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm part of a certain organization. <laughs> Although if you're going up against, you know, Huey Newton, a yeah, guy that's offering the socialist dream, which is what he was doing. Yes, he was. Um, it's kind of, you know, yeah. he exposed, he's giving too much of what the people want to hear at that moment. Exactly. Is you is or is you ain't my constituency. Yeah. <laughs> and then they literally run him out on a rail, which I've never seen before on film. That was brilliant. Yeah, me either. That was so much And fun. a super catchy tune. Yes, it was. From what, uh, T-Bone Pickens? Yeah, yeah. Or T-Bone Burnett. T-Bone, T-Bone Burnett. Burnett. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. That man of constant sorrow. <laughs> They're all just dancing up there. I loved it. It shouldn't work. Yeah, The no, beard thing is hilarious. They always had this weird choreographed. <laughs> they've never worked on it, but it's not just crazy intricate. Yeah. It's right on the line of, 
you know. Yeah. And then they throw, in, they throw in the Robert Johnson story, you know, selling his soul to the devil to be able yeah. to play. It was great. What a random thing to throw in there as a storyline. So that film does not get enough credit from Coen Brother fans. I, this is, this is to I me, think overall, most people just kind of skipped over it. It yeah. wasn't for them. The Odyssey, I don't know. Like when it's you read in three. school, did it capture your major, imagination? Because it didn't for me. It didn't until I saw the Armand Asante TV series. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you think that sentence has been said? Maybe once. <laughs> Maybe once. By Armand himself while he's drunk. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't understand the uh, Odyssey until I did it. I got myself. a soft spot for him, too. Yeah, I love him. One of the best names in Hollywood history. Yep. Just just perfect. Great yep. alliteration, Armand Asante. Uh, I yeah. love him. Three or four years ago, I shot a movie, and we did a fight scene. Him and uh, Armand Asante. Yeah, he knocked me out in a fight scene, which was great. It was so much fun. Fucking guy can he's strong. Put his hand around my neck. No stage combat there. <laughs> you know, it was great. Good for him. He's been around. He's been yeah, around the block. Yes, he has been around. Uh yeah, so if you haven't seen no brother, go check it out. Uh what are we up to? Your three? My four. Oh, your four. What's your four? Uh the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh punt. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh what's your number three? Uh I have a reason for it at four. Okay. A, That's fair. Three's not on your list. Okay. The Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on my list. It's never going to make your list. Never going to make any list of mine. Unless you're talking worst movies of the 80s. Um, it just baffles me, man. Go ahead, man. That just baffles me. It, it baffles me as much as It's a Mad 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 World baffles me that you don't like that movie. It's the same kind of, To me, that movie is so fucking good that I do not understand somebody who doesn't like it. Um, but we, that's what makes our... But this one is closer to your generation, and it's so pervasively resonant with every person you know. I know it is. How many Goonies fans do you know of the uh, hashtag not film Twitter? <laughs> Quite a lot. Quite a lot. Did agree with you uh, uh, in your oh, dispassion? No, no. Or your- oh, no, no. I'm, I'm in the minority of all my friends about the Goonies. There's a couple of them who agree with me, but for the most part, it's they all love the Goonies. It, it just works on every level. It's, it's a road picture. It's kind of a buddy film. It's coming of age. Yeah. It's the treasure hunt aspect and adventure. It rides the line of just being adult enough mm-hmm. to where, you know, there are guns involved and whatnot. It's yeah. not a murder spree, but there's genuine terror and you bring something like Sloth in. And mm-hmm. This Italian organized crime family in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I love, I love everything about that because that happens. <laughs> you know, they called them the Mickey Mouse Mafia in L.A. Yeah. And somehow the Pacific Northwest, though, the Fratelli's got a stranglehold on a certain aspect of the crime around these parts. Well, that's my point. The movie is stupid. It's just so it infin- infinitely stupid and not in a but way that's appealing. They're going after pilot treasure. Yeah, but that's the thing. But the, all of it is just so ridiculous. Of course it is. There's, there's literal booby traps that have been up for 150 years, like yeah. this massive boulder suspended by chain. Okay, the oxidization alone, there's no way all these chains are still holding of course the booby not. trap system works. Right. I don't care because... I, the suspension of disbelief is I'm going on a journey with a bunch of kids who are yeah. trying to hunt down pirate gold to save their families' ho- homes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they don't have to sell the goondocks right. and they can stay. Yeah. You know, it is everything you love about the small, like the, <laughs> the underdog standing up to rich jerks coming yeah. in and just putting their foot down. Look, I know the movie should totally work for me. I've watched it three or four times now, and yet every time I watch it, I just. Do not like you it. You wanted more Martha Plimpton? Is that what it was? No. More Plimpton. <laughs> I really didn't want anybody, honestly. More Brolin. <laughs> Can't get enough Feldman. Al Broman, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Astin as Sean well. A- yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a great great cast. It does have an absolutely great cast. I, I don't disagree with that. 
Robert Davi playing the bro- uh, one of the uh, yes. Fratellis. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, the, John, whatever his name is. Uh, Pantaleone. Oh, yeah, Joey Pants. Joey Pants is the other brother, and then the mom is the... She yeah. was in Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah. She, she you know, had is a it, hell of a career. Isn't Matuzak the sloth? He's sloth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, the... Ramsey. Right. The one kid was also in Temple of Doom, but I can't tell you oh, his name. Oh, Short Round, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I couldn't tell you his, you know, his name. With, yeah. It's Data in this. He is Data. But I couldn't tell you the actor's name but for the life of me. They just always seem to, like, nothing. Every situation they get into, they find a way out. They find some convenient thing that works out for them. It's but they all so have boring. skills. They all have certain skills that actually come up throughout the, the movie. The one girl knows piano. She took some lessons. She does. She knows enough. It's not like the pirates are fucking Beethoven. They're not going to, they composed <laughs> a few simple chords that she had to play. Right. That's it. Right. So it wasn't over the complex. No, no. Data made some booby traps of he his did. own. He did. Because that's what he liked making things. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan was his name. Data. Jonathan K. I know the, the gentleman that played Chunk is now, I want to say he's an entertainment lawyer. Yeah, he is. He is. Bald entertainment lawyer. Yes. Jeff Cohen. <laughs> No, I'm not. I know. Sometimes I just say things that I don't think that they're mean and they make them out mean. Kurt Hansen is in the movie. He plays Mr. Perfect. Or Mr. Perkins, rather. Curtis Hansen, the guy who directed L.A. Confidential. The late great. Oh, wow. I think. Or is that a different guy? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's just an actor. Sorry. There is a Kurt. Didn't Curtis Hansen direct the. I couldn't tell you. Okay. I thought he did L.A. Confidential. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you got? Old IMDb says. Yeah, Curtis Hansen, director of LA Confidential. There you go. So that's why Kurt Hansen is Kurt Hansen. There you go. <laughs> and Timothy Tim Blake Blitz. Nelson wanted to be Timothy, but he had to go with Tim. Wheels within wheels, man. Timbo. <laughs> Tim Marino. <laughs> Sucks, buddy. Just down at the SAG office. Sorry. Timmy Tam can't do it. <laughs> can't, can't do it, my man. It. Can't do it. Want to. Listen. Really want to. You seem like a great kid. <laughs> <laughs> We're rooting for you here at the SAG office. By the way, have you paid your dues? Uh, <laughs> Can't give you those extra letters without those dues. No, there, no, Timmy. no. And yes, health insurance is going to go up this year. But guys, we're working on so much stuff. Have you seen the newsletter? Have it's you seen the so newsletter? Have so you seen good. the, uh, you know, fucking uh, workshop for this random skill that I didn't realize people workshop for? And yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. Don't don't do anything with this D and D production company. Okay, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't but know all right. <laughs> um, all right. So that's number three. Anything else you want to say about? Rightly the so. Three. Go ahead. Richard Donner is that who is the director of that? Yes, one? it was. Okay. All right. Spielberg produced, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, my number five is uh, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Okay. Yeah. Not on your list. Not on my list. Wow. Okay. Absolutely love this movie. I'm, I, I think I've seen it. Oh, okay. That's where I'm at. Fair point. Uh, I've seen it a few times. This is the this this is there's like three or four Bogart films that I go back to all the time and watch. Certainly Maltese Falcon, okay. uh, Key Largo, this film, uh, and African Queen. Right. Those are all really good ones that I come back to and watch all the time. Uh, and certainly this with with uh, John Huston directing, Walter Huston playing a crazy prospector, mm-hmm. everything he's into. I think this is the character they use for Looney Tunes when they have that uh, Kim walk in whenever. But when, remember that Looney Tune when Bugs Bunny or the Bugs Bunny is taking that penguin back to um, the North Pole, and Humphrey Bogart keeps walking in. Oh, goes, brother, can you spare a dime? Yeah. Like, oh, no, get out of here! Get out of here! But yeah. Um, 
that that the film is so crazy because the guy's because Humphrey's so desperate and this whole situation is insane as these as this goes on trying to find this treasure the the crazier and crazier gets him and his buddy trying to like you know get this money because they they they'd be set up for the rest of their lives and it's their desperation that keeps them overcoming all the crazy shit they get into and be and be willing to deal with it mm-hmm. you know the badges we don't need no stinking badges that comes from Treasure Sierra Madre so. All of it is incredible film and one of the great classics, and I just I just love watching it whenever it's on because um, you can just really sit back and just enjoy this fucking crazy movie. Um, all right, which, oh, what's my so my number three then is the punt? Oh, because my number four is Oh Brother. My number three is the punt from earlier, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, yeah, it's number three. I love this movie, man. Okay, top to bottom, it, the rewatchability of this movie since I was fifteen years old is off the charts. Um. Okay, I, it exists on the same level, on some level, 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 <laughs> to me as uh, Life of Brian. I think I like them both. Ooh, okay. Well, Life of Brian, because the balls. Absolutely. The balls. Absolutely. To do a Jesus satire pick. <laughs> In the 70s. In the 70s. Right. I, I appreciate it for that alone. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I, that, no way that picture gets made today. Unless it's entirely independently financed, and they do it on a shoestring budget. Yeah, good point. But it took George Harrison coming in for Monty Python, for uh, Holy Grail, to get finished. Yeah, true. I think that's partially why the ending is so just kind of abrupt. Yeah. Is they were searching for funding and whatnot. They ran out of money. They did. Uh, I've read There's all kinds of great trivia about it over the years. Like John Cleese, when he's the basically... the wizard type of thing mm-hmm. that's barring them from crossing. Yeah, with the rabbit. Yeah, he agreed to do it, but didn't realize he had to be up there all day. And he was kind of precarious. There was like was apparently a heavy wind, and yeah. it was a, a cliff. And he could have fallen off, and he's just like, I had to keep crouching down to kind of conserve energy. <laughs> Holy fuck. Because we were just up here for so long that day. You're like, all these stupid things they have to do because it's just a small budget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, also, Holy- it also what frayed them at the edges as a group doing those movies. Because like you yeah, know, of course, yeah. I mean, you out on those locations with no real like production coordinator, and they're all doing it. But it, you know, it benefited like the, the coconuts in Holy Grail. Oh, God. that was a production choice. Yeah, because they have no horses, couldn't afford horses. So they went back to the radio age. Okay, well, how do they make horse sounds? And they just gave them coconuts. It's way funnier. <laughs> it's way it's funnier. For, for totally. no reason whatsoever. They're just doing this. <laughs> they never break the illusion. It's great. Yeah. They have a little. They all get into this jaunt like they're on somewhat of a horse. <laughs> I love the score too. All of it's just like ridiculous. Um, the notes that they're hitting, all the different characters they play, uh, and the vignettes from Terry Gilliam, the animated vignettes mm-hmm. or the you know uh, thing, images that move around that they use, all of that, and the conversations they have with God is like that's such a good idea. Of course, it's a good idea. I'm God. All of that is is just incredibly funny, and the Camelot weird musical sequence in the middle. Of I don't know genius. where. It's just genius, man. The the anemic sun that just fires that arrow. There's such a weird <laughs> scene build up to that. Of course, the knights that say knee and oh, the, yeah. the black knight. Oh, the black knight, of course. Yeah, just yeah. a flesh wound that's been in our lives now since it came out. Yeah, true. I grew up with it my entire life before I even saw the movie. I oh, knew wow. That. You knew I knew that, it. yeah. <laughs> that and the uh, knights say knee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just impressive. I mean, it's, they put out quality work for so long. Yeah. This is still my favorite. I mean, the whole scene with the constitutional peasant is absolutely genius. You know, I mean, having a discussion about governments and representative government 
as a person stacking shit onto a pile in the middle oh. of a field with a king, just just the genius of a scene like that is incredible, man. I mean, we brought it up other times, like that uh, discussion between, in essence, what is the PLO and whatever the competing yeah, faction yeah, in Life of Brian. And it's kind of you understand the perspectives of both. It's done for lighthearted nature. True. It's still a very dark subject. We are the People's Liberation Front. Yeah, totally different. We're the Liberation Front of the people. It's different. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah um, it's, it's, it's an excellent movie. Yeah, agreed. What's your number two? Two uh, is Raiders. Okay, that's my number one. That's where I told you I will lose this. Oh, interesting. I knew going into it I will lose All this right. discussion with you, and that is fine. Okay, that is fine. Um, Go ahead. Because more than likely, you know, who knows? The 51% could agree with you. Maybe. Maybe. The, I mean, it's, it's been known to happen. Indies, in the discussion of my all-time favorite character in all of movie history. Yep, yep. I think yep, it's yep. fantastic. If you gave me the choice of Indy or Han Solo, I choose Indy. Yep. Because that's someone I could be as Han Solo is like, I I don't know <laughs> if that world, I guess it's hypothetically possible. Right. I don't know. Um, so as a kid, I just was always fascinated by that. Plus, I love like paleontology, and that's not too mm-hmm. far from archaeology as a kid, like mm-hmm. every kid did. But for like five, six years, I read every book I get on dinosaurs. I had matching sheets and curtains in my room of dinosaurs. Wow. I, yeah, all my gifts were dinosaurs. I, I love that shit. So you see an archaeologist. If only you could have been a paleontologist, would have been even more of a sweet spot for yeah. me as a kid. Yeah. But since then, and I mean, Raiders is World War II. You're fighting the Nazis. It's the best villain in, you know, yeah. top five in movie history. Who doesn't yeah. hate a Nazi? Right. Uh, Belloc. Um, and Marion Ravenwood. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's so good. Uh, was it uh, Karen? Uh, Karen was, well, she, oh, oh. Uh, Karen Allen or Nancy Allen? Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Karen Allen, right? Yeah. She's so good in that. And and the film never... The film is a great adventure, Matt. Like, just from beginning to end, mm-hmm. even when there's an occasional downtime of scenes, it, uh, it's still... You can still feel the pulse of the movie the whole time. Yeah. And that's great. It is. And you throw in the religious aspect of it as well. Right. You're going after the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Just what great stakes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic if you're going to, you know... Of course, you got to stop the Nazis from getting the Ark of the Covenant. Right, right. If that was even a thing, I love it. Anytime they do that, like uh, uh, Rasputin and Hellboy oh, coming yeah. back, yeah, and it's just evil, malevolent force. Like, yeah, you got to kill that guy, whatever it is, but mm-hmm. you can't let the Nazis get fucking Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and for that to be the stakes of the movies, it fits it to a T. Mm-hmm. All the subtle little things, like the staff. And having that, and it burns into the map that somebody had taken the time to make this like miniature yeah. <laughs> map for this convoluted treasure hunt to find the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's they just did a great job. How much of the story was Lucas's before Spielberg got his hands on? I think it was all Lucas's. Was it to start off? I mean, they worked on it together because they they'd had the idea. Kind, I think Lucas pitched the idea to Spielberg, or vice versa, and then from there. It just went. So I think they were intimately involved making the thing from the beginning. I don't know if Lucas wrote the script first. My inclination is that he did, and then Spielberg came in and like did okay. some. I know Spielberg directed. Yeah, yeah, did some obviously changes, and but stuff. it just yeah. didn't. Did he come in and like it's ninety five percent? And mm. Spielberg's just like okay, let's shift this to here to here because it helps with this sequence. Yeah, and whatnot. 
Um, I bet Steve would know. We did a Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark was our first cinephiles, so maybe. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. So maybe Steve said that on the podcast. I don't know, um, but yeah. Now uh, this thing also, like, it still holds up. It's 2019. That film is like 1981, and it still holds the fuck up. It's timeless. Yeah. Right. And Which is so really good. impressive. Yeah. Harrison is great, and once he's in every, he's like prescient. His performance is prescient because he is this kind of everyman hero mm-hmm. in this action adventure, this new action adventure genre that was starting to become big money in the box office, right? He, him, Spielberg, and Lucas. Yeah, it didn't exist yeah. in, on this level. Not on this level, exactly, right? You had action adventure movies in the past, I mean, but not to this level. On some level, God, we keep, I keep saying level all day today. Jim level. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like taking a, a television character and spinning off to a movies, which hadn't really existed. Somebody you live with and yeah. you go on different adventures with over and over and over and watch them succeed. Right. Which you did on TV, especially the what everybody that grew up on that went and saw this. Mm-hmm. Just like the serialized, you have one hero. Yeah. Whatever the case is, they stroll into town, they handle business, and they stroll right out. Yeah. So to see franchises pop up and him be on the front wave of two of the biggest. Yeah. One is the biggest. And then the second one is like it's other independent. Like you struck gold so hard, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that he's divorced himself from Han so thoroughly. Well, I understand it. Yeah, he hit a wall with it that he was like, I don't want to be known for this. Like, and poor. I want to say this correctly. You don't want to say poor Mark Hamill, but yeah, Mark Hamill was typecast for many, it killed many him years for yeah. like two decades. Yep, until he got into voiceover and animation. You're right, exactly. Until he got into Joker. It kind of met, people were typecasting him all the time, and he speaks about it openly. Same thing with Leonard Nimoy and Spock. Like he got typecast forever. Yeah, and Nimoy was an incredible fucking actor, and he was typecast as Spock, and couldn't break out of it for the longest time. So he turned, he went back to theater. You know, Hamill was very lucky and found himself w- with the voiceover stuff, and and you know the rest is history. And now back in the Star Wars thing, like thirty years later, just like Shatner, Shatner hated being part of Star Trek for a long time after it was over. Um, because once again, he was typecast. Yeah, it was a fr- it was a fun show to do, sci-fi show. This was a serious actor. He'd been in Twilight Zone, Judgment Nuremberg, and to be in known for this, you're just like, oh, you know what I'm saying? So, but it gave him a long and fruitful career. Fuck yeah, it did. Practically every other actor that ever attempted it would be envious of. Exactly, exactly. That's I think that's why he came that. back to it. Might as well embrace it at this point because what does it hurt? Mm-hmm. True. Right, and no one else was hiring him for anything else. Yeah, you know, T.J. So, Hooker wasn't. They weren't making movies tried. out of T.J. Hooker. He tried. Yeah. No, they weren't. Yeah, and it was whenever he popped up into, into culture, it was more ironic. Yeah, like his music, that spoken word stuff. <laughs> Although the film, he, the the CD he released a few uh, like ten, fifteen years ago has been this is a fucking great CD. But that CD that oh no, I'm telling really, you. oh yeah, Joe Jackson. Uh, produced the CD. Henry Rollins is on the CD on one of the tracks. Like it's really an interesting, a weird hodgepodge. It's a very uh, honest CD. Like every song is about his life and different musical styles, like a westerns kind of vibe. And then there's he does he remakes. Uh, fuck, what's that song? Uh, I don't know. He remakes a song, a British song. Um, about wanting to be poor, people, rich people wanting to be poor to kind of common people 
Uh, that's it. He remakes Common People, which was this okay. British punk song. He remakes it with Joe Jackson, and it is great. Great. So I don't know what happened, because that 70s thing is ridiculous. Of course it is. Yeah. His... Yeah, his little his Hamlet and all all of that is insanely ridiculous. But the, the yeah, anyway. just he's going for like beatnik cool. Yeah, that, that shit died fifteen years before you're trying it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's nobody's buying that suddenly you're going to bring this back. Yeah, it's like Brian Setzer could only do so much for his genre of music, and that's he lived it. Yeah, true. Uh, you, certain things you only bring back. It blows me away though that ska came back. Yeah, right. I was never a fan when it happened. Ryan is a massive fan of ska. Ryan Satin, crazy fan of ska. I'm not. I kind of associate it with wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. In well, my head, certainly one. Well, of the, the last time it came around is like the same people that watched oh, wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. also listened to ska. So Good maybe boy. it's. But I, I heard one song on the radio. And I was like, oh my god, that's the <laughs> Mighty Boss tones just transplanted twenty years. Are you fucking kidding me? This came back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, it's something about like uh, uh, flames, propane, gas, something along those lines. <laughs> it's but it's just quite perfectly. All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, Ryan and I, when we were doing one of the pro wrestling sheet recaps for Raw or SmackDown, he went off um, for like five minutes about the ska music and how he doesn't understand why people don't like ska and he gets she's shit kerosene. Oh, she's kerosene. Yeah, <laughs> I've never even heard of this. You have. I heard it on. The radio or something. Oh, okay. That's fucking Scott. It's Scott. It's with polka music influence. It's fucking Scott. It was unique in that there was also like a resurgence of big band swing when this came out. Yeah. Remember those yep. Gap commercials? Oh, hell yeah. Everybody go in and all of a sudden those dance classes sprung up wherever you lived and yep. people were Swingers. swing dancing. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. All that shit. Chair. Uh, it was, it was part of a movement out of nowhere, just ska. Wow, really? Yeah. There's just a huge resurgence for fucking ska in this day and age. <laughs> People want to be happy, man. It's a depressing time in the know. world. Yeah, but at the same time, the fashion trends seem to be all 90s. That's true. Well, yeah, what's old is new again, always. Yeah, but that was a depressing pop culture time, like with Nirvana um, at its heights. Good yeah. point. So you can't tell me I'm like a. Yeah. Ska was a reaction to a decade of that. Ska was like, I'm sick of being. Melancholy, yeah. happy. Ba, 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 right. Ba, ba, ba. Get out of here with your fucking polka music. <laughs> <laughs> no. One of the wrestlers uses Scott. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. That's not really Scott. It's got a Scott. It's got no horns. Scott. What is that here? Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's like a Scott hybrid. Yeah. Because those a are the little horns. harder rock, light metalish type of feel to yeah, it. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta have horns. You gotta have horns. <laughs> it's not Scott without horns. And usually on like an eighth or a sixteenth beat, they're like bah, 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 whatever. They, if you're on four four time, yeah, they're playing much faster than you. <laughs> uh, all right, that was your number two. Uh, that was my two. So then my two. Right, we go to my two, yeah. which is the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is the pun from earlier. Okay, absolutely love that movie. Um, Three hour western for the love of God. The three hour western. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It's an epic, epic film. Uh, great performances from Clint Eastwood, obviously, Eli Wallach and Lee Van Cleef. And the story itself is a journey and all these adventures that they go. And you could almost separate the movie into three or four different movies, like, you know, mm-hmm. within themselves. Like the whole Civil War, 
uh, sequence. It could be its own movie. Sure. Uh, the whole uh, thing at the beginning with him saving him constantly from getting hung all the time could be a separate movie. When he goes to visit his brother, all those things just all connect in certain ways that work so well uh, so that by the end, you've gone on this journey where you've kind of switched allegiances and you have more of a depth to all these people. Well, you really only vacillated between two of the three. Yeah, true, right. Yeah, evil is evil. Evil is always rather, evil. The bad, rather, is yeah. bad. Yeah. The good is not good. Not fully good. And the right. ugly is truer to who we all are. Right. Great point. Uh, so it's why you kind of go back and forth. Yeah. You want to believe the best in yourself, but then you see Clint Eastwood and be like, yeah, but your altruism seems kind of flawed. Mm-hmm. And the reality of the ugly, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can identify, uh, you know, a little bit more with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the bad is just the bad. I mean, like, that scene where he he makes the the guy playing the instrument play louder while he's interrogating and beating the shit out of the guy. Oh, you're like, oh, my God. And the dude's crying. You're like, this is insane. This oh, Everything they go through, getting involved in the Civil War, getting involved in all the things, that they, just to get to this money from, was it Bill... Oh, just a buried treasure in a fucking It's cemetery. in a grave. The grave is Bill yeah, something. Bill something. I can't remember. I can't remember that. Damn. But it's the perfect Mexican standoff. It is, man. It's just... Woo. I love... Did you ever see the Korean, the good, the bad, and the weird? No. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, Was it a takeoff on this? Kind of. Okay. I think it's just the good, the bad, the weird. Okay. Because uh, they use... They try and bring in like historical elements of... Oh. Their region a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's fun. Okay. If I didn't have good the bad, then that would be an interesting like right. standalone. Right. But it's kind of like seeing uh, Magnificent Seven after Sam- Seven Samurai. They're not equivalent oh, to one another yeah, type right. of thing, but right. it's just like yours is an interpretation of one that I feel is superior, not to say yours is bad. Right, exactly. I just like I like what, I'm, what I know, what, mm-hmm. what you loved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arch Stanton is the name on the grave. Art Stanton. I thought it was... Perfect name. I thought it was Bill something. Art Stanton. Stanton's just good for you, Sergio. It's <laughs> a good choice. Uh, yeah, no, it's awesome. It only ended up at number four on my list, I think, because yeah, I, why? Talk I view the others more of a treasure hunt. Yes, oh, they're going after this, but I think are. it's the interaction of the characters and whatnot mm-hmm. that is truly the motivation of the movie. I hear what you're saying. Right, right, right. So it was just like, well, you know, Goonies to me is... They're going after pirate treasure. Mm-hmm. Raiders is Ark of the Covenant. Right. It is a distinct, we have an end line here. Okay. So good, the bad is like, it's the, whatever it is, $20,000, $30,000. Yeah, 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 Which, if you adjust it for inflation, I bet you that's... Pretty good. Uh, let's say, I'll say 300000 You can look sure. it up. I can look it up. 20000 20000 What year would you say that movie is supposed to be set in? Uh, 1816. 63, 64, maybe? 60, any time in the 1860s. That's what you say. 1860, 1865, obviously, with the Civil War still raging. Bill Carson, that's the name I was thinking about for Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Bill Carson. <sighs> Bill Carson. Uh, yeah. How many? So 20,000, is that what it is? Uh, it's either 20 or 30,000, something along those lines. But if you put in, whoops, I don't know how much it is. I'll put in twenty thousand. Okay, calculated from eighteen sixty two to today, it's half a million dollars. Wow, wow, wow! Look, you take yourself off a gold standard, and then you take yourself off a silver standard, and you peg it to 
basically a concept, yeah. something we all agree has value, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, devaluation and inflation are bound to happen. <laughs> I can't find how much it was. Oh, well, that's uh, we don't, you don't have time to look for it. Really? I thought it was, okay. <laughs> it's not on like the straight Wikipedia page or anything? Yeah, it went to the Wikipedia page. It doesn't say... And maybe I'm wrong. Was it Stevens offers a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to go? Sorry, all that you listen to this, but trying to figure this out doesn't say. Oh, two, oh, oh, shit! No, as Tuco prepares to shoot him, he sees a runaway carriage. Inside are several dead soldiers and a near dead Bill Carson, who promises Tuco two hundred thousand dollars in Confederate Whoa. gold. Holy oh, in Confederate shit. gold. All right, we'll just calculate that and say it's the same. Buried in a grave in Sad Hill Cemetery. So you assume, yeah, just amp it up. It's five mil. Yeah, five mil. Sweet Mary, Mother of God. Okay, well, that puts a different perspective. On it. it really does. It does. <laughs> five mil? Five mil is good motivation. Seems like a treasure hunt to me. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. More, so than, <laughs> more so than pirate treasures. Well. Uh, this is my opinion. It's my opinion. It de- depends on. Are you telling me that $5 million is more than the gold rubies? Diamonds, sapphires, everything else on the Goonies pirate ship? That some 10-year-olds are telling me about? Yes. Well, we have to see it. We're talking about the real world, so we know what that $5 million is isn't good to bad. And yeah. we know we have an idea of the sheer volume and tonnage of gold that they have. Yeah. Pretty sure that gold is worth way more. Okay. Way more. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what is your number one? My one is Last Crusade. Okay, so you put it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I limited myself to one. I know. I'm, when you said that earlier, I was like, I was going to do that, but... Totally respect it. When you're talking about this type of genre, for me, it's just like, well, these are the apex predators yep. of this. You got to... Can't it, deny that. You want to tangle and be in this category, this is what you need to be doing on some level for sure. me, personally. Yep. Uh, and Last Crusade is my favorite of the Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's pitch perfect. They're going after the Holy Grail. Once again, we got to keep this out of Nazi hands. Mm-hmm. Because if they get this, then they have a, basically an army that will never die, and they will rule. The Third Reich will take over us all. <laughs> <laughs> there is no stopping people that have immortality at their hands. It's true. Uh, so, awesome, fantastic stakes. And then to pull in you know, the Knights Templar yeah. and the Crusades element of it. and mm-hmm. It's already got great destinations within you know, Venice, and they go to Jordan, I think it is. Uh, and that's yeah. where that valley, that Crescent Valley is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the exterior shot is. You know what they did. The interior is just a set, but the exterior mm-hmm. that's carved into the you know into the the side of that valley, that interior valley. Yeah, it's a yeah. real place. I've yeah. had friends that have gone there. Yeah, I, it doesn't go that deep as far as my understanding is. So it's just those exterior shots. But that alone is like wow, what yeah. a beautiful, amazing thing. It's crazy that they built this all the way out in the middle of effing nowhere. Yeah. And it only goes so deep. Like, mm-hmm. who is this for? What was this? Why did you spend so much? This is crazy. <laughs> People have been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, but it ties in just so perfectly. Just like with Raiders. They, mm-hmm. they have amazing set pieces that don't detract from the story, only help basically fill out this world. Yeah. If we're going to have a guy that's going to be doing all these amazing things, well, let's put him in relatively amazing uh, you know, landscapes and settings and scenes and whatnot. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, like I said, I limited myself, but I always go back and forth on which one I like the most. It depends on the day, Matt. Sometimes it depends on the week or the day. Like, what do I want to see today, Raiders or Crusade? 
And it, it honestly depends on the day, what mood I'm in, because they're both equally good. They are. And you can argue that Crusade kind of hits the same beats as Raiders because uh, Temple of Doom kind of. wasn't yeah. that well received. Uh, but Yeah, they went back to the basics. Right, but it has the element of Sean Connery. It has the element of uh, him with the Hitler stuff and the Nazis, like the Templar, like you said. All of it's involved here that's so much fun. It's the father-son thing that it really is. gives the whole film a new feeling, and it's great. I mean, you could sell me on the you prefer Raiders because there's more Indian Raiders. Sure. Because it is a back and forth with Connery, but I think Connery... The introduction of his father elevates the overall character to me because mm-hmm. it gives me, A, a greater understanding, but B, he doesn't have to have this gruff exterior the whole time. There's more vulnerability yeah. from him in this because his dad can just cut him, you know, cut through the clutter and be like, I changed your diaper. Yeah, not just that. Yeah, you he, can't big league me. Yeah, and not just that. He, he doesn't have to physically go toe-to-toe with his dad. Like, his dad does yeah. not have to physically go toe-to-toe with Indiana. He knows. It's an intellectual discussion. Yes, it is. Exactly. So you need to beat me with your wits. Right. If you really want to best a man. It's, he says with, you know, uh, to Marcus Brody, Marcus, the pin is mightier than the sword. And he gets all giddy. <laughs> and they're down in the bottom of that tank. <laughs> That's what I love. I love that a man who has played James Bond and is like known for action films and being this hardcore badass, he plays an intellectual, a nerdy intellectual so damn well with great layers, right? Because yeah. when he has to be a, like a dad to Indiana, he is a dad. You know? Oh, full of, yeah, right through, through. And when he has to be like tender at the end and vulnerable and call him to make sure he doesn't well, greet for the grail, it's great. That's when he goes from... I'm speaking to you like my like I'm your father. Mm. To I'm speaking to you like I'm your friend. Yep, and I am one in the same. Yeah. I want nothing more than for you to to get everything in this world. Yeah. But right now you're making the fool's choice. Yeah, and just to cut through by saying Indiana. Yeah, it's it's amazing how effective something that simple is. Yeah, but yeah, they built it up. It's much better than just Martha out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't give us Martha the whole time. Indiana's always been called by, yeah. and his father calls him Junior. Exactly. We established that this is part of their repartee. They're back and forth. Exactly. So to see that pivot, it actually has resonance. Agreed. Junior. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, there's our individual lists for the top 10 treasure hunt movies. Let's put this thing together. Matt, do you want to write or do you want me to write? Uh, it doesn't matter. We already know what number one is. Right. True, true, true. Uh, so Raiders. Okay. I would say probably then good to bad after that. Okay. Uh, can I do Last Crusade? This is my number one next. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. The false piety. He's typing it down, folks. What's your next We don't normally give the number one this way. We usually wait till four or five, but. There's, oh, okay, really? Cite an example. Last week? I don't remember what happened last week because there's three of us. We pushed Ryan's That's because there's more than one opinion going on and we have to find, that's a different stake. That's an anomaly within the context of what we've done all these years. Find me another example. I could, but I don't, I don't think we have the time. Um, oh, or the memory. Because Monty Python, right, because I'm old. Monty Python, the Holy Girls, and my three, and you're? My seven. Okay. And Oh Brother, where art thou? Five, four, wasn't it? Yeah, that seems to oh, go, brother. right? So, all right, so we'll put your crusade here. And then Oh Brother. Uh, correct, so that's what, three, four? I feel like we should put the Oh Brother, but all right, I'll let you get that one. Feel how you feel. 
Oh, I do. Your feelings are valid. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Just incorrect. Oh, see, I'm not invalidating. We're, we're almost I am there. supporting you in your feelings. I feel like you're bringing me close and then slapping me. Uh, all right, so Raiders. Such good. is life. <laughs> Brother, where art thou? Um, do we put uh, Monty Python now? Probably. Okay. And then we both have Pirates at six. Yeah. So maybe Pirates next? Uh, yeah, and then I got my number three. Yeah, so do I. Uh, oh, no, uh, I do not. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, and then Three Kings is the other one we have in common, but that's further down. Yeah. Okay. All right, so your number three is what? Goonies. Uh, fucking. Okay. <clears throat> Dude, you got your number one. Mine dropped to three, and you got... True. the rest. That, that list looks more like your list than it does mine. Well, it does. That's because it's right. Um, all right, I have my number... Well, how many we got left? We have three left. Okay. And I have my number five, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Okay. Uh, well, we should probably do Three Kings next because we both have that. Okay. That far down the list? Okay. And then Sierra Madre after that. Mm-hmm. So that's your five. Mm-hmm. And what do you got left? Uh, I have number seven. What do you have left? My number eight, Black Sea. Okay. So my number seven, Romancing the Stone. All right. Makes the list. All right. Am I saying it wrong? Is it the treasure of the Sierra Madre or the treasure of Sierra Madre? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I want to say that right. Of the sounds, but of Sierra Madre is quicker. I would say of the Sierra Madre. The treasure of the Sierra Madre. That's the name of it. Wow, there's a lot of thes. Yep. All right. The treasure of the Sierra Madre it is. All right. Uh... Let's break, let's break this thing down. The top 10 treasure hunt movies, yeah. And number 10. Romance in the Stone. Coming in at number 9. The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. At number 8. Three Kings. In the 7th spot. The Goonies. And number 6. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. In the Cinco. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. At number 4. Oh, brother, where art thou? Third spot. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And the two hole. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And finally, our number one treasure hunt movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. There it is. Is that Indiana Jones Last Crusade? That's the name of it, right? Uh yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. It's not Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, look it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah, go for it. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long day, man. Yeah, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. All right. <laughs> well, perfect. There we go. There's our list. Uh, treasure hunt movies. Uh, I can't imagine that we're asking people to go see Dora, so feel free if you want to go. Maybe it's something's throbbing. Yeah, I mean, uh, let us know if, if you know early critical reviews are incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and if anything is throbbing underneath as you watch it. Uh, anything like that. Um, uh, anything you want to say before we wrap up the show, brother? Uh, no, just uh, if you want to continue the discussion with us, you can do it over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show or uh, join us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Both of those are with the number 10, by the way. Yeah. And we got all kinds of different stuff. Like we said earlier, there's the video of last week's show and we got uh, classics and topic thunders. We give you a shout out. There's the, the relist mm-hmm. and we're coming up with, you know, more and more things. We're trying to give back since mm-hmm. you guys gave us so much. And you can follow me online at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T. 
R-O-C-K-N-O-S-T. Yeah, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. See everything I'm doing there. Thanks, everybody, for watching this week, and, uh, or listening, rather, this week. And we mm-hmm. will talk to you next time on the Top Ten Show. Adios. Adios.